0: Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we've got a lot of bass going on up here today, don't we? Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, well, let's turn to a very familiar passage in your Bible, Psalm number 23. Psalm number 23. And um, we're going to be talking about to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, I'm thankful for the life that God has given me. I, uh, I have regrets, I suppose, like everybody else. Probably my biggest regret is that i waited so long to be saved um, but uh i uh have used that as a motivator uh that my children uh, would be saved very young in life and they both have been i got a granddaughter that's now saved and so i appreciate the lord for that and that uh they don't have to uh, uh they have a choice in other words um doesn't mean that they're going to do things perfectly they still have a free will uh, but uh, they are under the preaching of the Word of God on a regular basis. And uh, uh, I thank the Lord for that. Amen? And they don't have to do the same stupid things that I used to do. And, and I'm glad about that. I'm glad that they haven't experienced some of the things that this world uh, has out there that's not good for them. And uh, so I praise the Lord for that. Uh, but uh, one of the biggest things I praise the Lord for is uh, someday... We will be in the presence of God, and we will no longer need faith to live because we'll be living by sight. Amen. And uh, maybe that doesn't excite you as much as it does me. Uh, I'm talking about heaven here, okay? In case anybody's wondering, all right. I'm not talking about going down to McDonald's. I'm talking about going to heaven, all right. And uh, so, praise the Lord. Y'all did good on singing. Now let's do good on preaching too, all right? And uh, so, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's go ahead. We're, we're going to read this text we're not going to preach the whole context of the text but you know psalm 23 just i just want to read it all together and uh, so stand with me if you will in reverence to the word of god we see there this is a psalm of david psalm number 23 uh, very familiar passage of scripture but it says there in verse one the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Gay though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head. With oil my cup runneth over. And then for verse 6, let's all read it together. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I hope that you could read verse 6 with the surety of knowing that you are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, I'm not asking you if you know about God. I'm not even really asking you if you believe in God. I believe everybody believes in God. Somebody said, well, what about atheists? I don't believe in them. I don't believe in atheists. I believe everybody believes in God. Amen. That don't mean you belong to him don't mean that you're his. And so I hope and pray that you can say verse 6 with the surety of knowing that you're going to heaven. Let's go to the Lord of Prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We do thank you, God, for the great time and the Lord that we've had. And I know I've mentioned a couple times already, Lord, but there's just a great spirit here this morning. Father, I do thank you for that. And I pray, dear God, that you'll continue to speak to our hearts. And I know we may have some things going on this afternoon, and we're all busy with schedules and those types of things. But Lord, if we could just kind of set all those things to the side for just a little while. Uh, Lord, just a little space of time compared to everything else we got going on. Uh, may we make some time in our hearts for you. And uh, Father, I just pray that no one will go in or out unless absolutely necessary and that our phones are turned off and those types of things so that we can all focus and not be distracted on what you would have us to hear. And again, Lord, I pray most of all that you'll be uplifted and glorified by everything that is said and done. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can go ahead and be seated. You know, the first verse there, first part of the verse, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. And as I mentioned a while ago, just uh, before we started reading the Scripture, I, I'm glad that I can say the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, by the way, that really says a lot. You know, some of us may say I, the Lord is my shepherd, but what makes a shepherd a shepherd is the sheep do what the shepherd tells them to do. You know, so it isn't just this arbitrary you know, yeah, the Lord is my shepherd, but I, I do what I want. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> uh, the, the sheep follow the shepherd, and as we learned there a while ago with the kids, they hear his voice, and they obey him. And so uh, I, I'm glad that I, I'm not a perfect sheep by any stretch of imagination, but I am glad that I can say the Lord is my shepherd. I certainly didn't deserve him becoming my shepherd. In other words, I didn't deserve him becoming my savior. But I'm certainly glad that one day I simply acknowledged my fallen condition, that I was a sinner, and I had a change of mind and a change of heart, and I realized that I was wrong and God was right. And I accepted Jesus Christ's offer of grace, and I'm glad that he's my shepherd this morning, and he has been since 1998. But I might ask you a question, is the Lord your shepherd Again, it's not, I'm not talking about just a belief, but is he truly your shepherd? Uh, you know, I'm not, as I said, not asking about, that you know about Jesus, but is he truly 100% your shepherd? And I hope that he is because there's a very somber truth that's also connected to all of this. And how the soul of man, listen, will live forever. Whether saved or lost. Do you realize that the real you, without skin, we will spend eternity somewhere, one of two places, heaven or hell. And that's it. And so dependent upon what you do with Jesus Christ on this side of eternity, not the other side, but what you do with Jesus Christ on this side of eternity will determine whether your soul will spend eternity in hell or whether your soul will spend eternity in heaven. So I hope that the Lord is truly your shepherd. I hope that he is. Because one day, your old body, if the Lord tarries, we understand about the rapture, but if the Lord tarries, our bodies will die. Our bodies do not last forever. I was reminded of that this week. You know, these uh, independent Baptist builders, they're hard on a preacher. They're really hard. And uh, I've got places hurting that I didn't even know existed. Uh, It's just reminding me that my body is fading. We all know that, amen. So our bodies don't last forever. The Bible, often the Bible refers to the body as a tabernacle or a tent. Um I used to camp some and, and set up a tent. And it was fun for about two days. <laughs> amen. You know, after the new kind of wore off of it and you're thinking about your bed and your air conditioning and, and so, you know, it was, it was fun for a while, but I, what I'm saying is I wouldn't want to live in a tent permanently. Amen? Only temporarily. And really, it's the same with our bodies. Do you realize that your body is temporary? And a lot of us are not understanding that. But nevertheless, it is just a temporary tent, a temporary dwelling of our soul. But verse 6, as we read together a while ago, says, I will dwell, that is, if you're saved, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, that says a lot, doesn't it? You know, forever is a long time very long time now a couple actually it's Easter Sunday we talked not only about the resurrection and some other things but we even talked about the rapture of the church amen boy just think the eastern sky, sky, sky could split at any moment amen we could be caught up and just think if the Lord tarries there will come a day when when uh, our our soul and spirit will will leave this tabernacle in other words we'll, we'll die. But someday, and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, your soul goes to heaven. But someday, the Bible tells us, in the twinkling of an eye, those that are alive and remain, but not before those those bodies that are dead will be caught up, amen, to meet the Lord in the air. That's what the rapture is all about. And it says that we'll we'll be raised incorruptible change. Not this old sinful body that I have now that wants to lead me away from God. Hey, listen, it'll be an incorruptible body. Amen. Holy, fit for the Lord. And from that moment on, not this old body I have now, but in that new body, praise the Lord, I'll be forever with the Lord. That's exciting. That is if the Lord is your shepherd. (laughs) In other words, all this has to take place on this side of eternity. There are some religions that might teach it differently, but don't believe that. Believe what the Bible says. Forever for us is determined in, the, in a realm, actually, that does not last forever. What I'm saying is, is your eternity forever is going to be determined by the temporal time that you're here. And it all has to do with what you do with Jesus Christ. We only have a limited time. It's... Funny, not funny, but odd, but we only have a limited time to decide our eternal destiny. That's an amazing thing, but I say not just amazing, it's also a very somber truth if you stop and think about it. Forever, that's a very powerful word. I mean, forever, I mean, forever. I I don't even think we can comprehend all that. Right now, we're Everything that we deal with in this world is temporary. Did you realize that? Time is slipping away at an alarming rate. (laughs) It's amazing how quick time goes by. And it seems like the older you get, the quicker it goes. But we're used to things ending. This day will end, right? This week will end. This month just started, but it'll end. This year, 2022, that do not even sound right, does it? But 2022 will end if the Lord tarries. We're used to things stopping. We're used to things ending. Things end on this side of eternity. We're used to that. They have an ending. Our lives, our physical life. One day, your heart will stop beating. One day, your lungs will take in one last breath and exhale for the last time. Our lives have an ending. Things end. Some things need to end, some things are happy when they're ending. I, I'm glad that winter ends, amen. But there's some things that are sad when they end, like the loss of a loved one. But the good news is that if you're saved uh, and your physical life ends, they we really step into heaven forever. Where there is no ending. Hey, man. Praise the Lord. And David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, and I hope that you can say the same thing this morning. So the reality of living forever in heaven with God, now here's what I want to get at. The reality of living forever in heaven with God, it ought to do something to a person. Amen. uh in other words, that person who understands that they're just temporarily living down here, that things come to an end, but they realize that they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, that ought to leave you a certain way this morning. You ought not be some earthling. You, hey, listen, somebody that understands that, they're not carnal in this world. Amen? Hey, listen, somebody that understands that is not an immature Christian. Somebody that understands that is not a babe in Christ. Unless they just got saved today. Somebody that understands that understands sanctification. Somebody that understands that understands separation. Somebody that understands that understands the importance of being in church. Amen? Somebody that understands that understands the importance of prayer in Bible. Somebody that understands that they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It ought to do something to you. Amen? You ought not be fitting in and blending in with this world. Amen. I believe that. You say, preacher, you're kind of fired up this morning. I guess I am. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is a lot of people who claim to make heaven their home, they sure don't live like it. Amen. I I believe this. I I believe Paul teaches us, uh, even the book of James, uh, First John comes to mind that Christians can certainly be carnal and still make heaven their home someday. I'm not saying I necessarily like it, but I'm not God. God is. And I guess that uh, I ought to be thankful because I would probably be one of those that would be doomed as well. Amen. What I'm saying is I'm glad I'm not saved by my works. I'm saved by God's grace. But what I am saying is we can be a Christian and not have a Christian family. We can be a Christian and not really have a Christian life. We can be a Christian and not really have a Christian home. We can be a member of a church yet not be involved, actively serving, those types of things. The reality of living forever in heaven ought to affect each of us in a profound way. Again, we ought not be blending in with the rest of the world when we really understand it. It ought to affect us profoundly. We ought to be distinct as something very obvious and recognizable about us, forever ought to cause us to live, as I said a while ago, a holy and sanctified life unto the Lord, not be a worldling. God didn't save us to adore and worship and consecrate ourselves to Him later in heaven. Certainly we're going to be doing that. But God saved us, He eternally saved us to adore and worship and consecrate ourselves to Him right now, amen, in this life that we live. I say again, the reality of forever in heaven ought to do something to a person. So I want to look at a few points to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All three are going to come by way of a question. Number one, are you in God's family? Are you saved? Someone may ask, You know, how do you get into the family of God? And it's very similar to the way we are put into our earthly families. We're either put into our earthly families by birth, but also by adoption. Some of us have adopted children. Talk about that in just a minute. But we often hear that phrase, born again. Nicodemus, born again, he didn't understand what that meant, and Jesus explained it to him. And This speaks of being saved, this speaks of being born into the family of God through faith in the grace of God. But you're born again, just like you're born physically into a family, you're born into the family of God. Every person is born into the human race to the natural birth, every soul that is saved is born spiritually into the family of God. In this age of grace, which you and I live in today, that's been going on for some 2,000 years, that through faith and the grace of God, you can be saved. The Bible teaches us, though, that we are adopted into God's family. Amen. 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 I once had, as most of you know, we adopted a little girl from China many years ago. She's not little anymore, she's 20. She's still little to me. But I actually had a guy one time kind of confront me on that, said he didn't really believe in adoption. I thought, well, I'm glad God adopts, amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. God believes in it. But there's two wonderful things that have happened in my own life to really help me understand about being born again and adoption. I mentioned this morning about my son. He's thirty or thirty one now, I'm not sure, I think thirty. He's my son by birth. I I still remember that day very clearly and and uh uh walking over to him in that little I don't know what toaster oven, whatever that little thing is, and and you know, and he and I put my little finger in his hand, he you know, wouldn't even reach around a little bitty guy. He's six seven now. He can wrap his hand around my head now, but but it barely just you know, just a little bitty. Little bitty guy. As my mom said, a little person. (laughs) And for the first time, as a young man, I I knew what it felt like to be a, a daddy, a father, to love my own flesh and blood. And I'll be honest, I felt there was no other human bond that could ever compare to that. That little baby boy was born into mine and my wife's family. And he's still mine today. He's still, he still calls me daddy. And he better keep calling me daddy because I am. And he's mine and always will be. And then ten years later, another wonderful thing happened in my life, my wife's life, and, uh, we wanted more children, but the Lord just, uh, wasn't, for whatever reason, didn't allow that. And, and the day came when, when I was to go to China and pick up this little girl and, uh, reality began to set in. And uh, it was a long trip. It's a long ways over there. And uh, I had time to honestly think about some things. And, of course, I thought of my son, again, my flesh and blood, whom I love very much. And, uh, you know, I kind of have explained it before. Some of you may have heard this before, but I kind of explained it really kind of as a dark wave that kind of come over me, and by this time I was saved. I wasn't saved when my son was born, but I was saved when we adopted our daughter. And there was this dark feeling that kind of come over me, and I guess it was a question that I had been avoiding, uh, asking myself. And, and And I said, Lord, will I really be able to love this child as my own flesh and blood? And, you know, maybe people fear differently, but, but I, I begin to wrestle with that a little bit. And not only that, but will this beautiful little girl that I'd only had a picture of, but this beautiful little girl, was she going to be able to love me and her mama as her own flesh and blood? And I wrestle with that. Will we truly be a family in the same sense as, as with a a, a a physically born child, if you will. And so the day came when uh, we I got to meet this little darling. And uh, there's more of a story to it. I don't have time, but it was at the time it was terrifying. But looking back now, it was kind of comical. But but I remember when our eyes met. And her little hand extended to me. And she basically leaped, leaped into my arms and held on. And I remember looking down, she had a, I had a, uh, old Wrangler shirt that I used to wear, and she had a hold of that thing. And her little knuckles was white. And of course, You know, Ever since then, she's had me right here. And I knew then, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that little girl was mine and I was hers before any paperwork had ever been signed. <laughs> Adoption. Adoption. She's my daughter as much as my son is my son. Those two are my children, one by natural birth, one by... Adoption. And there is absolutely no difference. Nothing will ever change that. Now let's get back to the spiritual significance of this. If you are born again, you too are adopted into the family of God. Amen. And nothing, nothing will ever change that. And if you're saved, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I I love that. So I ask you again, are you in God's family? Have you been born again, adopted into the family of God? You see, as I mentioned a while ago, to enter into the house of the Lord forever over yonder, you first must have to enter into the family of God here. You enter the family of God here on this side of eternity. So important to understand. Number two. Number one, are you in God's family? Number two, if you, if you are, are you enjoying God's presence? As we think upon this question, just like we may have a family here on earth, yet we don't enjoy one another's presence, amen? You know, I guess every family is dysfunctional in some way, right? I don't think any of us have that picture-perfect Christmas card family, you know? I don't know if that exists (laughs) or not. Maybe it does. But we know that not everybody enjoys their family's presence. In other words, being in the same room with them, if you will. And a child of God can get to the point of not enjoying the presence of God as well. You say, preacher, how does such a thing happen? Well, there's a lot of different answers, but I think generally speaking, the same way families stop enjoying one another is the same way we stop enjoying the presence of the Lord, and really, it just comes down to one word I'll use today, and it's priorities. Priorities change when we begin to focus on self and not others. And in other words, what I'm saying is, is that and each you know distinct thing could be a million things, but every broken home, in one way or another, comes by way of neglect. Someone or some ones, it may be more than one person, neglected something it could be both, on both sides, usually it is. Someone, again, maybe more than one, is neglecting what is important in that family. And a lot of Christians, in the same way, don't enjoy God's presence because of neglect. Of course, that neglect is always on their part and not God's part. We have too many paper towels stuffed in our paper towel roll. Amen? And we're not enjoying the presence of the Lord and We start blaming the church that we're going to. Start blaming uh, the Bible. And, you know, it don't work for me and those types of things. Listen, get the trash out of your life so you can hear God and get back in the presence of God. Amen? You don't have anybody to blame but yourself. We find time to squeeze into our very busy schedules almost anything that we want to do. I'm here to tell you, we do what we want to do and we won't do what we don't want to do. Period. Period. It don't matter about schedules. It don't matter about your health. It don't matter about nothing. When you want to do something, you do it. And if you don't want to do something, there's a million reasons why. Amen. And we wonder why we're not close to God. Communing with God on a regular basis. Through His Word. Through prayer. Through church. When we neglect those things, there's a natural result that is we don't enjoy the presence of the lord matter of fact i believe those three things bible church and prayer are paramount in understanding the presence of god in our life what i'm saying is if your hands are uncomfortable with handling the word of god in other words you only pick it up on sunday morning as you rush off to church if, if, if preaching and fellowship of the church is a bore and drudgery to you, if your prayer life, uh, is, is empty and powerless, I'm just saying somewhere down the line, you've quit enjoying the presence of the Lord. Amen. And you started neglecting those very things that keep us there because it's through the Word of God, it's through the local New Testament church, not this invisible universal church junk but a local new testament church that you belong to the word of god the local new testament church through prayer that our awareness of the presence of god is not only strengthened but it's enjoyed amen amen Amen. you know i just don't think we're hungry for the presence of god that is until we need him for something amen we're not we're not hungry for the word of god and by the way, it takes all three. Now, you could be a good Bible reader and pray all the time, but if you neglect church, you're not going to grow. You could go to church all the time and pray all the time, but if you stay away from the Word of God, you're not going to grow. You understand what I'm saying? They all three go together. It's very important. We notice verse 1 again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This tells us as long as we follow the shepherd. That is, as long as the sheep stay in the presence of the shepherd. You see what I'm saying? We use those tools: Bible, church, prayer. Listen, long as the sheep stay with the shepherd, they shall not want. And the more we do those things, the more I won't want. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord as we stay in His presence. How about you? That's where I want to be. I want to be in the presence of God. I want His, I want the awareness of God in my life at all times. It's not, that doesn't happen, but I want it. And He guides us throughout this temporary place in which we dwell. As the Bible says, He leads me beside still waters, up to the mountaintops, even through the dark valleys. No matter what we face, whether good or bad, the goodness and mercy of God always follow. Amen. Amen. And every believer has that ability to enjoy that. And if you're not, it's of your own doing. Because it's all dependent upon if we're enjoying His presence in our life or not. I ask you again, are you enjoying God's presence? You should. Number one, are you in God's family? Number two, are you enjoying God's presence? Number three, and I'll be done. Have you thought about eternity in God's house? I mean, have you actually thought about it? We're going to go to a passage in the Bible. You can save your place there in the book of Psalms. But turn to the book of John, chapter 14. The book of John, chapter 14, verse 1 and 3. You know, this is not only Psalm 23, but uh, John 14, these first 3 or 4, 5, 6 verses, actually could be such a comfort. You know, we can have these passages memorized, and we should... There's just something about opening the Bible and knowing, not no matter what I might be going through right now, no matter what we might be facing, that Jesus says to us in verse 1, John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. Amen. You know, that's for you. Amen. That, that's for you. God, God's telling you that. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. There it is. In my father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare, notice that word, a place, place for you. Heaven is a place. Just like this is a place. Heaven is a place. And Jesus promises in verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Woo! Amen. (laughs) We see heaven is a place. It's a real place that people who are saved go to. The saved go to where Jesus Christ is. Jesus said, I go to prepare you a place. You say, Preacher, that's where I want to be. Amen, I do too. And I know that I am. You say, how do you know? Because I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. And Jesus has never told a lie. And he said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My heart frets over a lot of things that ought not fret. By the way, worry is a sin. But I do know with all surety that my heart is not the least bit troubled By when I die, where I'm gonna go. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, to be bragging. I'm just telling you what the Bible teaches. I've made heaven my home. And I know this because I'm in His family. I've been adopted, born again into the family of God. And I know this because it's not always great. I, I have my bad days like everybody else, but I desire His presence. I love the Bible. I love being in the house of God with God's people although I could do a lot better at praying, praise the Lord for a good, healthy prayer life. Amen? Jesus is my shepherd, and someday I'm going to be with him forever in heaven. And I praise the Lord for that. Another question, I've already challenged you a little bit on this. Is it right to say how much we look forward to heaven? Is it right for us to say and claim we're a child of God's family? Is it right to say he's my shepherd Yet your actions and your attitude, your conversation, that is your manner of life, your lifestyle, the choices you make, reveal that you care very little for Him in the here and now. Amen. Oh, I love the Lord when we talk about heaven. Oh, I love the Lord when it talks about keeping me from hell. But do you love Him enough to change your life right now? Hey, you ought to be... You ought to be, hey, listen, in light of knowing that you're going to heaven, it ought to change your life profoundly. Amen. It ought to do something to a person when they understand it. We ought not blend in with the rest of the world. We ought to stand out. Amen. It ought to change a person, dare I say, in a dramatic way. Not, I've been called a fanatic sometimes. And I say, amen. Hey, I can't think of anything better to be fanatical about than the Lord. As long as you're lining up with Scripture, amen? You can call it fanatical. You can call it whatever you want, amen? I just call it loving the Lord. And I don't care what man thinks. I care what God thinks. When somebody truly understands the significance of forever in the Lord, I say again, it ought to change that person in a dramatic and profound way. He truly needs to be, she truly needs to be a new creature created in Christ Jesus. I guess what I'm saying is is we need to start living for Him forever now. Amen. Live for Him forever, starting right now. And if there's things in your life, if there's paper towels in that holder that's keeping you from hearing what you need to hear, or seeing what you need to see, you need to clear it out. Amen. Amen. So important. And I ask again, are you going to the house of God someday? I'm just simply asking, are you saved? And if you're not saved, you come and get my attention here in a little bit and we will take somebody to take the Bible and show you from the Word of God how you can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. But that first step will have to be yours. And if you are saved, are you living in the presence of God this morning? I hope and pray that you are. Are you a faithful Christian who truly realizes the wonderful gift of heaven. And maybe you're on the mountaintop today. I hope everybody's having a great week and a great month. I hope God has been blessing you in more ways than you can count. We ought to count our blessings, amen. That's a good reason to come to the altar and just praise him, amen, and thank him. But I guarantee you, we all got a loved one we're worried about this morning. I guarantee you, every one of us has somebody that we're thinking about right now that we're concerned about. How about when that invitation is coming, you come down here and do business with God, amen? The most important time of this whole service is on us right now. How we respond to the singing, how we respond to the preaching. What I'm saying is, God doesn't want you to leave the same way you came in. Amen. I don't know what brought you here. Maybe it was just to fulfill an obligation. Maybe it was just for some carnal reason. But the fact of the matter is that you were providentially brought here by God because he wanted to show you something. Every one of us, including this preacher. Let's do business with the Lord, amen? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.